Welcome to episode number 22 of Beyond 24 Days. We're calling this one, Give Me Some Sugar. Welcome to the Beyond 24 Days podcast with your host, Brooke and Ken. Beyond 24 Days is focused on healthier living by promoting whole and natural foods while supporting your local, responsible producers. You can follow us on social media at Beyond 24 Days, where we share our food ideas and recipes. And now your hosts, Brooke and Ken. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Before we begin, I do have some interesting news, exciting news. Uh, Currently, we host the podcast on SoundCloud, which is a paid service, and if I could say it right, SoundCloud. Um, But we recently transferred everything over to Anchor.fm. And one of the benefits to Anchor is it rebroadcasts the podcast, so we're now available on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, which I was always curious how to get the podcast on Spotify, so now we are there. Woohoo! So it's sort of a step ahead for us, so we're pretty excited about that, so we welcome all of our newer listeners, and one of the reasons why we switched over to Anchor.fm is the analytics, I guess, are a lot better. SoundCloud, I can see a majority of stuff, but I can't really see the the nitty-gritty. And um, one of the things that makes a podcast good is user feedback. And without that, we're kind of just recording into the wind. So with this, we're able to go in and see what everyone likes, when we have the most amount of listeners, all that fun stuff. What you had for breakfast that morning. Yes. (laughs) Kidding. Also, what color... Socks that I'm wearing, which are usually always black. Feature socks that I love. Anyway. Shameless plug. That You have to save that for the shameless plug Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was a little excited that we are now switched over to a service that we can see a lot more of the, I don't know, it's not photometrics. That's like, I don't know. What am I looking at? What's the word for that? The metrics? I don't know. Analytics. <laughs> the fancy stuff. So now we're at the fancy stuff. So now we're like a real podcast. So welcome to all of our new listeners. And if you're listening on Spotify, I don't know. Can you give us a thumbs up on Spotify? I don't know. It's cool. But anyway, that was the exciting news that I had for today. And why don't we just jump right into it? Today's topic is all about sugar. Sugar or azucar for those Espanol. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. Um, I had too much sugar today, as you can tell. I like this topic. Um, if you've been following along with earlier podcasts, you know that part of my job with working for a school district is I get to go from school to school within our district and talk to kids about healthy eating and healthy snacks. And recently, I've really been focusing on sugar with them. Um, it's nice because it's something you can visually show them. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should start by talking about reading your labels and why it's important. So a lot of times, if I know I did a shout out, not shout out, I talked about a different book in the past called Salt, Sugar, Fat by Michael Moss. And basically, whenever companies try to promote fat-free, sugar-free, they're usually pumping it with something else to make up for that. So when it comes to sugar and labels, um, I don't know if we talked about it before, but companies can claim that something is sugar-free as long as it has... A half a gram or less of sugar. Half a gram or less of sugar per serving. So on a lot of the diet sodas, they'll see that it'll say zero sugar, when in fact they can 
say that there's zero sugar as long as there's less than half a gram per serving. So we just were curious and wanted to know how many grams were in a tablespoon, teaspoon teaspoon of sugar. Turns out there is four grams of sugar for every teaspoon. And if you're also even more curious, there's 16 calories per teaspoon of sugar. So some of those drinks really add up when they have 20 and 30 grams of sugar. And why it's so important to watch sugar. And let me break this down the way I say it to the kids because kids are smart. And they'll talk to me and say... Well, also, I'm a kid, so it helps <laughs> for me to understand. Well, I mean, there's sugar in everything. Right. But you need to know the difference between natural sugars and refined added sugars. So, you know, yes, there is sugar in a banana. But I'm talking about the added sugar that goes into a juice box that kids would normally consume on the daily basis. Um The American Heart Association, and this is one thing I tell the kids, they have a recommendation for men, women, and what children should consume in added sugars. Hmm. Not sugar in general, but added sugars. So according to the American Heart Association, a full-grown male should only consume seven added teaspoons a day. A female should consume six teaspoons a day. And a child should really only consume three added teaspoons of sugar into their diet a day. So if you think about it. Hmm, Man, that's it. As an adult, you wake up in the morning and you have a cup of coffee. And what do you do? You put a couple teaspoons of sugar in there. But most adults go ahead and they put cream in their coffee, the the international delight and the coffee mate creamers. And I don't think people realize how much sugar is in those creamers. Huh. That's crazy. Well, I mean, if you look at it from a calorie standpoint for kids, they're saying, what was it? Three? Three teaspoons. teaspoons? So you're looking at approximately 50 calories. Of added sugar. sugar. That's just added sugar. That's nuts. That that adds up quick. Considering most fruit juices... And fruit drinks can have have 12 grams of sugar just in them. That's nuts. So we typically try and give our children 100% fruit juice where there's no added sugar into that juice. But uh, back to what I was saying about the coffee, uh, Ken and I stopped drinking coffee on a regular basis uh, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it's if, you know, we really need it. Or it's a special treat to us. We have a coffee. Hey, let's go get a coffee. And it's not coffee itself that's bad. It's the things that you find yourself putting into the coffee. Because I can't drink black coffee. I know you can. Eh, mild success. I need creamy. I need sugary coffee to take that bitter taste away from me. And the one day I just so happened to turn the box. We we would get the boxes of the pre- uh, the pre-cupped International Delight creamers, you know, yep. the little individual size creamers. And one of those creamers has five grams of sugar in it. I did not want to know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now that so it. I huh. stopped putting that extra teaspoon of sugar. And at first my mouth was like, what are you doing? This doesn't taste right. Mm. And now I've gotten to the point where I can just put the cream in with no other sugar with it. But it's still it's still a lot of sugar to consume just in your beverage. 
That's I guess we talked about it too on one of the earlier podcasts is when you start knocking out certain things from your diet, um, like the f- salts and, and sugars, at first you're like, this is really bland. When we switched from iced teas and sugary drinks to seltzer, flavored seltzer water, I remember at first I would... I hated it. I, I was like, oh, this, this tastes so bland. There is no flavor to this. But then now it's gotten to the point where I... I'll we'll have iced tea for a birthday party and we'll have family over and we'll have iced tea or and I'll taste it and it, it almost it almost like hurts my teeth the amount of sugar the amount of sweetness that's in those drinks or if we go out to dinner and I forget to say unsweetened tea or I say unsweetened tea and they bring me sweetened tea I'm always just taken back by how sweet and sugary those drinks can be and two recent examples of that um we had, you know, life gets to you and you have to sometimes make choices to go out to eat. And we recently went to a subway and got two veggie subs and Mm. we decided to make those into combos and got drinks with it. Absent-mindedly thinking because most restaurants will offer you an unsweetened tea and that's what we'll get. We'll get an unsweetened tea. And believe me, we've gotten a lot of weird looks, especially at Chick-fil-A where Mm. everybody loves their sweet tea there. Yep. Sorry Um, guys. (laughs) Uh, but we we got our cups turned around and they hadn't brewed any tea. So we made the conscious decision to take our cup, fill it with ice, and put half a cup of the tea that's in the soda fountain. And then we filled the other half with water to water it down. And even that was way too sweet for me. I couldn't finish my cup of tea. It's It's almost, I don't even know. You can't even, it's almost like you can't even dilute it. It's just too sugary. I sound like... I sound like a grouchy old person <laughs> saying that my tea is too sugary. But honestly, it when you cut it out, and especially the same thing with salt too, um, we cut out a lot of those ingredients from our diet. So if we have something that has added salt, I can tell right away if there's too much salt mm-hmm. or if there's too much sugar in something. And that's just that's just from consuming everything in my, from, from moderation, but taking it out for the most part. And um, my second, my second uh, example was today we were at a picnic. We hosted this picnic mm-hmm. and we bought soda and diet soda because everybody likes their soda and diet soda at a picnic. But for ourselves, we decided to get a case of mixed seltzer water. And I was actually pleased to see other people were grabbing it and drinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids even went in and grabbed seltzer water, but we had someone ask us why we had that in there. And I explained to them that we don't drink soda anymore. And she said, Oh, well I buy the flavored water. That's something else you need to watch out mm-hmm. for. Oh, yeah. Um, seltzer water is completely different from the sparkling flavored waters that you'll find at grocery stores. Seltzer is nothing in it. Mm-hmm. It's just the essence of, uh, the fruit that it's mimicking, there's, we try and uh, bipolar or uh, the the store brand where there's no sodium right. added to it, but there's literally nothing in seltzer. It is just carbonated water with natural flavoring in it. And then some of them have artificial flavorings. I don't know, I'm sure people will get on us about that, but for the most part, we try to not consume a lot of sugar. And one thing that I noticed too is whenever we consume a lot of sugar and even salt as well, I get really nasty migraines to the point where it's it's too much. 
I, I don't know if it's just the there's just a spike in glucose in my system that it's not used to, and the only defense mechanism I have is headaches. <laughs> I don't get it. And I, I just notice in general, if I eat really sugary foods, it doesn't really agree with my stomach very well, and I end up feeling really tired and sluggish. And I think it's just there's an overabundance of glucose in my system, and it's working double to create enough insulin to take care of it, I guess, and actually make use of it. I don't know, but when it comes to sugar, you really have to be careful and look at labels and see. And another thing that manufacturers will do is they'll remove natural sugar, or they'll remove sugars, but they include um, sugar substitutes like high fructose corn syrup mm-hmm. and artificial sweeteners to help increase the sweetness and the taste. And a lot of times those aren't any better than natural sugars themselves. Right. So you just have to do your due diligence and read your labels. And I I think we did talk about this before, but usually um, the ingredient labels are ranked in the order of the most abundant thing in that recipe. So if high fructose corn syrup is number one, a lot of ketchups, have high fructose corn syrup as the very first ingredient. Um, those you just really have to pay attention and avoid the stuff that the no 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 ingredients are listed at the top three. Right, and if you go online and Google uh, alternative names for sugar, you will be surprised at the list of different names that sugar can be disguised as. What was that doc? We saw a documentary, and I think it was thirteen or fifteen. It was like. It was in the teens. In the teens. There's uh, an abundance of names that can go by, that sugar can go by, that can hide under, that you really have to pay attention and look towards. So when I'm cooking here at home for us, if I make breakfast foods, um, if we have oatmeal, prepackaged oatmeal is, it's just a, a wasteland of sugar. It's taking something extremely healthy and just pumping it full of sugar. So I like to make a stove-cooked oats. And yes, it does seem like a lot of extra work, but your body will thank you in the end. Um, We'll take some stove-cooked oats, and I'll put a little bit of natural peanut butter in it, cocoa powder. And if that's still not sweet enough for you, uh, we keep three sweeteners in our house or excuse me, four sweeteners actually, that are considered non-refined sugars that you can use sparingly to make your food taste a little sweeter. Um, The first one is actually date syrup. Hmm. Uh, I discovered that. It's a real thick, dark syrup. Obviously, it's made of dates. And if you've ever had a date before, they are extremely sweet. Laura Bar uses them as their base for their their fruit and nut bars. very good. I use it to bake. Uh, my oh. second favorite sweetener that we keep in the house is coconut sugar, crystallized coconut sugar. Whenever a recipe that I'm making calls for brown sugar in the recipe, I will usually substitute it with our coconut sugar and half that because it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one potent. of Ken's favorite sweeteners is pure natural maple syrup. Mm-hmm. I used to hate. I was a I was a child 
of the 80s. I grew up eating Aunt Jemima and Log Cabin pancake syrup. Mm -hmm. And um, Ken loves maple syrup, and I hated it so much. And now it's all that I'm used to. I used to hate it. My grandparents would go to Florida every year and come back with a gift basket from Cracker Barrel. (laughs) And it would have the little Cracker Barrel thing of maple syrup. And I remember hating that. I'd put it on pancakes, and I was like, that's disgusting. But now in my older, refined age, I do enjoy good maple, maple syrup. syrup. <laughs> good maple syrup. It's got to be high quality, too. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite, where he says, you know, this cow got into an onion patch. I can tell <laughs> when the maple trees are having a rough, harsh winter. <laughs> Get out of here. Taste it in the maple syrup. Uh, I'm a connoisseur of maple syrups. Uh, and our my final... Uh, sugar substitute, which is also something that's a little controversial. You have to be careful. Um, honey. Mm. A good quality local honey is what you really need to be looking for. Um, your little honey bear that you see in the grocery store. Uh, I watched a very interesting documentary about this on Netflix. It was called Rotten. And they did an investigation into the honey industry And if you have a honey bear and it comes from China, you have to be careful because the contents in that honey um, are not always pure honey. They will pump it full of rice sweetener to fill in a void to make more money off of... They put a lot of artificial sweeteners inside of it. And honey has to go through rigorous testing to make sure that it is 100% organic or natural. Natural honey. And these... Artificial sweeteners that they put in, since they're from natural ingredients, they pass this test for, I don't even know what the name of the test is, but they're able to use these artificial sweeteners and get by this testing procedure because it's, quote unquote, a natural ingredient, but it's actually not that healthy. It's actually super unhealthy because it's a a processed food. So we're really fortunate in this area to have really good places to get honey. Um, we have a lot of local uh, vendors that sell their honey. So we always try and keep good honey in we our also, house. We also have friends that have honeys. Have honey. <laughs> we, oh my we also have friends that have honeybees. And recently my family has started to dabble in the honeybees themselves. So we're looking to reap the benefits of our own honey produced. And I keep saying this. We're going to have somebody on the show that that does this. <laughs> We're going to interview them and talk to them about honeybees. Honeybees. We should have done that tonight. Oh, well. Next time. And while we're talking about um, good natural sweeteners, I will give a shout out. Um, uh, this is horrible. I shouldn't give a shout out unless I know their name for sure. But the people who make gingy candies, is it the Ginger Company? The Ginger Company. Yep. Um, we love were them recent- gingins. Yeah, the gingins. Our kids love gingins. Uh, but we were recently at a community store, a natural store, and we discovered ginger honey, or excuse me, ginger syrup. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, and our kids love it on their pancakes. Truth be told, actually, I think I ate the most of it. I didn't share it as much as I should have. But it's good stuff. All naturals. Yeah. Delicious. So there's there's a lot of different ways for you to naturally sweeten your food. Um, turn your labels over, read them. Uh, you know, make good choices. You don't want to go through your recommended six to seven teaspoons of sugar just at breakfast alone. So hold on, six to seven teaspoons. How many? Hold on. So just six. It's 24 grams 
That's like 300 calories. Yeah. Am I reading that right? No, it's, it would be 16 times 6. So uh, almost 100 calories. It's not. It's really not a lot. If you think of the average calorie you're supposed to have around 2,000 calories, for an adult, only 100 of those should be added sugars. Right. That's crazy because you can go through 100 calories. Just like eating nothing. a bag of 100 calorie Oreos. Dangerous. <laughs> so do yourself a favor and read the labels and be super aware of the ingredients that you're putting into your body. And if something claims it has zero sugars, also read the label and see what kind of artificial sweeteners they are substituting with. And um, it can be dangerous. You might go down a Google vortex, but (laughs) if you research these artificial sweeteners, you can see all the adverse health effects that are associated with high consumption of them. Now now and again, it's probably not going to hurt you. But for the most part... For the standard American diet... Yes. Um, Sad. We have added a lot of sugar into our foods that we eat. So where you can make your own, that's where I encourage you. Make your own oatmeal at breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, as much work as it is, you know, we can our own spaghetti sauce. Because again, spaghetti sauce has mm-hmm. tons of added sugar in it. And also, like Ken said, if you have something that says that it's fat-free, well, they had to put something else in there. That's a good one. Check the sugar. Yep, check your sugar because usually fat-free foods have extra added sugar in them to make them taste good because they took the fat out. There you have it. Um, Well, I guess my phone's telling me that we have to go to bed. (laughs) Well, we're not quite done, but I think this is a good time for us to take a quick break. And when we come back... uh, Shameless plugs, plugs. running, and food. Our typicals. Yeah. So stick around. We'll see you then. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to hop into some running connoisseur questions and banter with Ken. Brooks probably, that's your favorite subject, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I can tell. <laughs> well, this time I scoured social media and was hitting it hard with lots of questions about running that I am dying to know. So I headed to the old world of Twitter, and I wanted to know because lately I've been sort of struggling with getting up early and running. I'm mostly a morning runner. I tried running at night, but found that during the day, I was able to come up with a plethora of excuses (laughs) why not to run. So by the end of the day, I would put on my running clothes and sit on the couch for a good two hours and talk about how I was going to run and then subsequently wouldn't run. So I wanted to know, what's everyone do when it comes to running? And it looks like out of all the votes on Twitter... 86% 86% said that they were morning runners, and 14% said that they were noon or midday runners. Now, I am pretty fortunate that at my work, we have an hour lunch break, and I've been trying to cram in as many miles as I possibly can over that lunch break. And lately, have been going for four-mile runs every day, and my goal has always been to hit 100 monthly miles and I am pretty excited because this month, I didn't think I was going to do it, but I'm already close, close enough that I think I may hit the high 90s to 100 miles this month. Usually I average about 60 miles a month, 
But with all the upcoming races, I'm trying to get a lot more serious about training and trying to focus more on mileage and not time. I think that's usually my hang-up is when it comes to a race, a big race, like a half marathon, I stress too much about time and just try to get... trying to beat your last time. Just try to get faster, try to get faster. And I neglect the part where I should really focus on the miles and logging those miles more often so that way when I get to the race... I'm not fatigued, and when, uh, especially during the half marathons, it's usually around mile 10 that I hit a wall, and it takes every ounce of me to try to recoup any sort of lost time from, you know, from having to slow down and, and bonking, as they call it. So I was just curious. I went to the Internet and found out that a lot of people are saying morning runs, and I do agree. Morning runs, I really enjoy them, but now that I've been running over my lunch hour, I have found that in the mornings, I still have an alarm set, but I get up and... And you walk with and me. And we walk. So, so yeah. So, that's... Uh, still time well spent. That was... Yes. So, that's my advice for anyone that's looking to um, begin running more. I would focus more on the mileage, not so much the time. As weird as that sounds. Usually, they say, just run for a half hour and then see if you can keep increasing the time, but... My thing is, if you're already running to begin with and you're looking to do more, just focus on the miles. Don't focus on how long it takes you to do it. Some days are faster than others, but for the most part, my main focus is just the mileage. One of the things that we also did, um, we created a Google form, and I do have a couple of responses to it, but I want to collect a couple more before we start to talk about it. And what I would like to do is do a sort of Skype interview with some of the people that have filled out the Google form. But basically, share with us your running story. Um, I think I've shared mine a million times on here. Everyone's probably sick and tired of hearing about it. I know I am. So I'd like to know, am I the only person out there that's crazy, that just loves running? Um, Share with us your story. You can go to our website where we have a blog post about it. I have a link to my uh, blog that has the uh, Google form to fill out. It's just four simple questions, why you run, who you are, and some of your handles, and then if it's okay if we share your story. And so far, a lot of the stories that I've read, they're pretty inspiring. They're really cool. And uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing those with everybody shortly. 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 And that's all I have as far as uh, running advice and other things. A shameless plug, uh, last week my close friend, uh, had me go out. We would, we did a 10-mile trail run, which um, I'm starting to really enjoy trail running a lot more than road running. And dropping some bee stings, though. So. Yeah, I did get stung by uh, yellow some jacket. yellow jackets. My leg still itches. But uh, we went out on a run, and uh, just a really great time. A nice 10 miles, nice, easy 10-mile run. And I was currently using a Camelback water pack. And the straps on that just absolutely tear my neck up. I used it during the Ragnar Relay, and that thing just completely ripped my shoulders apart. So I upgraded. I got um, an Ultimate Direction uh, Scott Jurek 3.0 vest, whatever the newest one is. It has um, two water bottles, and it has room for a water bladder. And I did get the extra water bladder to go with it. So I'm hoping to be able to use this vest soon, and I'll be able to uh, give my thoughts. My thoughts about it. So I, I will say, having nice wide shoulders, shoulder pads on a running vest is pretty essential. 
And I found that for the most part, um, I really, I usually typically do a seven mile run on Sundays and all trails. And I found that for the most part, I'm pretty good with not needing to break for water or anything, but anything over seven miles. And uh, it's nice to have water and some gels to kind of help boost you along. <laughs> there was something else I want to talk about. I don't remember. Oh. I don't know. But all I know is um, I'm trying to gradually increase my mileage, hoping to hit 100 monthly miles. Hopefully I do. Maybe I'll do something special. I don't know. We'll do a giveaway. I have a bunch of Honey Stinger products. I don't know. These are all thoughts. Don't listen to me right now. <laughs> Brooke, interrupt me. Okay. There. Um, Brooke, what's cooking in the kitchen? What have you been wait, eating? I wasn't getting there. Oh, yet. sorry. <laughs> Rushing me along. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I had some shameless plugs and something that I remember that I, I wanted to share with everybody. If you uh, didn't see it on our Instagram account, uh, go back and take a look. Uh, so, you know, I work for the school district and I have my summers off. We got towards the end of summer vacation because I have already been back to work now for this will be my fourth week now, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but before I went back on vacation, I was digging around in my so-called pantry of our 113-year-old house, if you can call it a pantry. And I was just getting frustrated. Uh, our pantry is like the size of a broom closet, not even maybe half the size of a broom closet. And I would ask Ken to get something or I would go to get something and oh, the avalanche of greens. Greens, bags yeah. of greens would just fall out at my face because I'm not a sh uh, tall person. So the one day Ken went to work and I was like, something needs to be done. I, I can't stand this anymore. Um, so in our house, we have a sunroom that was added onto the house. And whoever did it just hastily filled in the window that used to look out to the backyard. It's just shelves. And we used to just put antiques and knickknacks on that shelf. So what I did was I cleared that shelf and I took all different sized mason jars and I put all of my greens into mason jars and I decorated that shelf so they are easy and convenient to get to. It's been amazing. Ever since I did it, you know, oh, I need brown rice. I don't have to climb up on a chair and pull mm -hmm. the brown rice down and be afraid that I'm going to have millet and frica and wild rice fall out at my face. Let's let's back up here. <laughs> I saw this on Pinterest, and I shared it. Well, I also saw it on Pinterest. Maybe but, because I shared but it. But I made it happen. Okay. I made it happen. I'd like to think that I was the inspiring idea behind <laughs> the mason jars. So uh, we took a picture of it, and it is posted to our Instagram account, should you feel the need to be inspired. I mean, it, it is extremely functional for me, but at the same time, it also looks pretty. We've had a few people come into our house and tell me how nice the wall of greens look. Because if you, you know, if you're like me and you use 500 different kinds of greens to cook, the colors and the textures of everything just kind of yeah they're, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. It looks nice. Yeah. It's a functional decoration. It's not fake. We do have some fake uh, fake cans of flour with old school no, yeah. labels and stuff. Don't use those because they're not real. But the the grains are real. They're and edible. They look, yeah. They're eatable. <laughs> they're edible. It's like Willy Wonka and the, the magical... Yeah, okay, never mind. The magical wall of grains. <laughs> snozberries. Tastes like snozberries. But... um. So, moving on. Mm -hmm. Sorry. 
the last podcast, we talked about how I was halfway through my summer. And if you remember, I was doing my summer vacation of meat-free lunches. I can, I can say that I successfully got through my entire summer vacation, and that's weekends included, going meat-free just for my lunches. And we stuck to our flexitarian diet in the evening of only eating meat twice a week. I tried. I tried to tempt her with meats, but she did not budge. I did. I mean, we even went on vacation, mm-hmm. and I was able to continue on. So it's not impossible. It's easy. I felt great. And even going back to work, I have actually not taken mm-hmm. anything with me. I, you know, if I pack tuna or something for Ken, I'll usually just make myself a veggie wrap and take that to work. So it's kind of stuck. And I feel a lot better when I don't eat meat. Giving me all the meats, so I get the meat sweats <laughs> during the day. I, I do. I do admit. Um, lately, I think we've eaten more meat than we have before. And I will say, I I don't know what it is. We had. Uh, I'm sorry. We had ham, and oh, it was our son's uh, birthday, and I promised him I'd cook him anything he wanted and he requested ham and mashed potatoes so how could i tell him no yep, so we ate the ham and I, <laughs> I admit the first slice i had it i mean it tasted really good but then immediately the like as, as soon as like my it's, everything settled i could just feel like a migraine coming on and not only that but severe like bloating mm-hmm. i just did not feel right yeah and at the picnic today i had a i had a hamburger and Usually, if I have a burger, it doesn't really bother me. But for some reason today, I just felt severely bloated. And in fact, lately, I've noticed if I eat a lot of meats during lunch, I feel bloated for the rest of the day. And it'll even carry over if we have Meat for meats for dinner. The next day, I wake up, and I just, I just feel bloated. So, yeah. you know, we're not completely... We're flexitarian, so you yeah. know, we go all kinds of ways, but... The older I get, the more that I, I think I prefer plant-based only because I'm not bloated. I don't feel like garbage. You know, I hate eating foods that taste really good, but then I feel like garbage after that. Well, sorry. It's like the definition of insanity. I eat something, you know, oh, it tastes really good, but then it makes me feel like crap, but then I do it again. I don't, I don't know. My point of bringing that up, though, was um, I documented sorry. I documented daily sort of a way to keep myself accountable. Like if my friends saw what I was eating every day, they knew that I didn't just say like, hey, I'm not going to eat meat. Well, and also that it's doable. Right. And it kept me accountable. So I documented it on Instagram stories on my own personal Instagram. And uh, one of the things that I was really repping that I loved, if you want a salad base, yeah, I mean, I obviously like just a plain spring mix. If you're a bagged salad kind of person, I'm going to shamelessly plug Dole right Mm. now. Um, They have a salad blend right now. It's called Endless Summer. And Mm. it's got your romaine and your cabbage and carrots right in it. And then in your little pouch of goodies, it has a really nice vinaigrette that comes with it, sunflower seeds, and there's croutons. There's also a little spice package if you do half of that because there is sodium in it. If you do half of it, it'll do you. It's really good. The spice blend. Uh, it does come with Swiss cheese. If you're interested in the cheese, some you know when I was doing the challenge, I would actually just throw the cheese packet out. Hmm. Um, but it kind of saved me a lot when I couldn't figure out what to make. I would just take one of those salad kits, throw some beans on it, 
and it's tasty. And whatever it is, the dressing, the seasoning, our daughter also mm-hmm. loves it. And she she will eat the endless summer salad kit whenever I make it. Well, summer is eventually going to end. No, not in that bag of dole. You know, it's funny. Our last episode was about cheese and how much it affects me. And I'm sitting here, and here I'm talking about the meats and how that affects me. I should just, I'm going to stop eating. Just stop eating. I'm done. (laughs) But um, that's really my only plug that I have. It's really the only thing that I've been super happy to buy every time I go to the grocery store. Is it just me? Do you feel really bloated after you have meats? Um, yeah. I don't know why I can't get yeah. this up right now. It's really bothering me. <laughs> oh, Is anyone out there? Wait, I do have another shameless plug. Okay. Uh, everybody here knows that I, we love Ebenezer Grocery. If you're from the, the area where we live, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I went there the one day. It's a discount grocery store. Always find neat and interesting things there. Um, I went and I saw these little individual things. They were two for a dollar. I had to grab them. They were in these really neat glass jars with lids, and it was an overnight oat. And it was coffee, oh, yeah. coffee and banana, banana flavored overnight oats, and there was absolutely no sugar added to it. Um, it had dehydrated bananas in it. So so easy that I can make Ken it. Ken made night it. Before. Yeah, and they were delicious. I got up. I I just unscrewed the little lid. And I sliced up some fresh banana. You double banana? I double bananaed it. And that gave it just enough sweetness that you couldn't even really tell. But the coffee flavor in them was amazing. That's all Um, I could taste was coffee flavor. The brand name is called Makers. Mm. Makers Overnight Oats. Um, So the next time I went to Ebenezer's, I found little individual-sized bags of those overnight oats. And we saved the glass jars, so now we can make more of this coffee banana oats in the the jars. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, there was another Hmm. plug. Maker's Overnight Oats. Good stuff. Uh, Yeah, that was so easy. I made it the night before. I felt pretty accomplished. It was very easy because you and I have tried to make overnight oats on our own. And it's a little tedious until you get all the ingredients put in the mason jar. And we we fail miserably when it comes to long prep times on meals. That was during the trail run today. We were actually talking about that, that a lot of people don't eat unhealthy because they want to. They just, it's what's convenient. So we're talking about things that are convenient, but healthy. You have to watch, but like salad mixes, that's something that's, Super convenient to put together, and it's healthy. doesn't really require a lot of prep time. These overnight oats, again, super healthy, minimal prep, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah, it was good. You know, the morning that we couldn't get ourselves together, everybody has those mornings. I don't care who you are. Some mornings you just can't get on the ball, and we didn't have time to make our typical shakes. And it was funny because Ken was like, oh, wait. I made overnight oats last night. Heck yeah. So it was so nice to have that. I, I, saved, the, I saved the day. You saved the day. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. It's, it was hard. I try. I do a lot of good work. So I'm going to wrap up the shameless plugs, and yeah. we will talk about some of my most notable meals since our last podcast. And I'm actually sitting here looking at the list, and I have to laugh because you're here talking about meat. And as I'm looking at what I wrote down, None of them were our meat oh, meals. Man. These I are all it. meat-free meals, and which goes to show you they, they're just absolutely delicious. Meat-free week. Yeah. All right, 
What do we got on the list? Brooke, what's cooking in the kitchen? Or what has cooked? I'm going to go backwards because I wrote my absolute favorite first. So we'll start going backwards. Um, I made a creamy, and we'll put quotations around that, creamy lemon pepper chickpeas. Oh, that was good. Uh, The best way I can describe it is if you're from central Pennsylvania and you know what we'd call chicken pot pie, uh, it is not in a crust. It's Mm. noodles. Uh, This was a creamy lemon pepper sauce. Uh, with chickpeas and then broken lasagna noodles, a whole green lasagna noodle. And it, it looked like chicken pot pie on a plate mm-hmm. with no chicken. That, that should be a poll question. I'm curious to know who refers to pot pie as the pie, literally a pie with stuff inside of it, or chicken pot pie where the chicken and the noodles are all the same. It's chicken with noodles, basically. It's chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie. <laughs> it's a Pennsylvania Dutch thing, but it's delicious. Uh, ooh, this one was amazing. Our son ate this and didn't even know that it wasn't meat until we told him. I made sweet and sour cauliflower. Oh, yeah. That that's, was amazing. Hey, that's another thing. Um, talking again with today about people about ketogenic diets, how they discovered cauliflower and the many uses of cauliflower. Cauliflower rice. Uh, cauliflower steaks. These tasted just like what we get from, I, I don't want to say an Indian restaurant. It's like a fusion, Indian fusion if restaurant. You, yeah, if you've ever had um, cauliflower Manchurian mm-hmm. from an, an Indian or an Indonesian restaurant, it's basically what this recipe tasted like. So I unintentionally good. made it, and that's what it t- tasted like. By the way, we also kind of unlocked how to make a lot of the Indian dishes is that we roast the cauliflower first and then put the, the sauce, sauce on it. it when we're ready to serve it. Before, we would do everything in a crock pot and it would just all turn to mush. So we discovered it. We're on to you. We're on to you, India. We know your tricks. Um, vegetable and rice tacos. Hmm. I thought this one was interesting because I had never made a taco recipe that included cabbage. But it may sound weird, but it fit. It tasted amazing inside the tortillas. Mm-hmm. Were there beans? There were black beans, beans in that, I yep. believe, too. And there was corn, and the rice got all mixed in with the taco seasoning. And that's another thing I do for myself. I make my own seasoning blends. So where the recipe called for a container of taco mix, so much sodium. It's so much better for you to just make your own. If you have a lot of spices laying around like I do, you can just make your own. In fact, if you go to the website, beyond24days.com, and you search spices, I think I have... Some of my spice mixes. I think I have a majority of the spice mixes already on there. Yeah, because I make my own Creole and taco. I've made my own Greek seasonings. Yeah, we're a do-it-yourself spice family. (laughs) My spice cabinet's out of control. That's another thing. That's going to be next. (laughs) That's going to be the next project. Um, Moving on. One of the favorite soups that I've made, it was so light and it was so light and really refreshing. It was the lemon orzo artichoke soup. Anything with orzo or I love orzo salad. So this was right up on my list of awesomeness. It had... um, quartered artichokes just floating in there the orzo 
and it had juice from two lemons. Mm. So you got that like sour but savory. Yeah, and the orzo is like a, it, it's like a, I don't know. It's it's nice and starchy, mm-hmm. but it's not like overpowering. So and there was other things in it, other veggies. There was like right. celery and carrots and yeah, it was really hearty. It was a really hearty soup. I really good. liked it. Um, lentil and amaranth patties. Those mm. were really tasty. Uh, they did require some light frying, so I used coconut oil, and the outsides of them were super crispy. But what I liked about it was sometimes when you make a homemade veggie burger or like bean patty, you'll lightly fry them and the outsides get nice and crispy and you're expecting it to be this nice crispy texture in your mouth. And sometimes the inside of those can just be complete mush. And for me, it just ruins the whole experience of what you're eating. It's a weird mouthfeel because the outside has a nice crust and you're sort of expecting a nice sort of not crust, but you're expecting something. You're expecting like something with substance. And then when you bite into it, it's like mush. It's like eating refried beans with a crispy shell on the outside. It messes you up. So these patties were really, really good. Um, I don't know if it was the amaranth. And if you've never cooked with amaranth, um, they're just teeny, teeny. They're like the smallest grain that I've ever seen. So they crisped up really well. Is that what we made with pumpkin one time? It tastes like ground. It tastes like dirt. Yes. We won't bring that up. That was because the pumpkin was really fresh. (laughs) So fresh. It tastes like diatomaceous earth. Uh, That meal I actually served. I got one of those little handheld julienne uh, slicers. We went to the Asian market, the new Asian market here in our county. And I got a little julienne slicer, so I got real fancy that night and made some panko-crusted zucchini fries mm-hmm. to go with those patties. It was a really good meal. It was fancy. Look out, guys. We're getting really fancy over here. Um, my, and So the last thing I'm going to talk about was my absolute favorite meal that I have made. I could probably eat it again, and we don't really repeat meals very often. Nope. But I made vegan crab cakes. Oh, yeah. They were absolutely out of this world amazing. And I will say they were so, the texture, everything, spot on. Flavor, everything. And I know I'm probably going to get some flack from this and get some schooling about it. But um, the reason I think they were so good was what we used in them, which is hearts of palm. And Mm -hmm. if you're a hardcore vegan which I've already had somebody tell me you shouldn't eat hearts of palm, which... What? Because it's not good for the environment. Okay. Um, yep, sorry, guys. For the, yeah, for the palms, it, it's not good for them. I, I just was very curious. It was something I saw at the discount store. I picked up a can, and I, I went with a recipe, and I'm not ashamed to say that it was amazing. It, it looks like... The hearts of palm looks like crab shredded meat. crab meat. It's just unbelievable. It, Same in, texture too. In fact, I don't even know. It, I, don't, I don't remember you telling me I, that it was. An, I didn't tell you what we were eating that night. Everybody I, just I, thought I, we I sat thought down and eat crab cakes. cakes. I thought it was legit crab cakes. It was so good. And it was nice uh, to make them. You took the hearts of palm and a can of chickpeas, pulsed it in the food processor, and when I took the lid off, it legitimately looked like shredded up crab meat. Huh. Uh, with that chickpea base to hold everything together. Yeah, and that's the other thing is usually when you have a veggie patty or a vegan burger or vegan substitute, a lot of times it gets like really crump, crumbly, crumbly, 
and like falls apart and like has no no like no base, no substance. But this, like, it just I just can't I couldn't get over it. It le- legit just well, was and like strip after I told him what it was, he kept saying, but it tasted like a crab cake. And after reading the blog about how to make them, she said it's all in the seasoning. It's all in the seasoning. And that recipe is up on our website as well. We And all of the recipes that we talk about here, we do share on the website. And we link back to the original creators um, where you can find all of the directions. So we list, we show our pictures of our meal. And we give you all the ingredients. And then we have a link to the actual creator to give them credit for the actual recipe and for all the um, assembly instructions. Try not to take away from anybody. We like to share a bunch of recipes. I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people give me more credit than I should get. A lot of people think that these recipes that I'm making are my own. I wish I could say I was that talented that I could come up with a different recipe every single day to make. But I've said it once and I've said it a million times. Pinterest is literally my best friend. Yep. So if you follow us on... Well, I guess on our website or social media, we also are on Pinterest as well. I don't yep. really... Do we pin? Yeah, I pin stuff. All the recipes, I share them all over the place. We're all over the place. <laughs> and now that we switched over to Anchor.fm, we are everywhere. everywhere. So, yeah. Is that it? That's it. Oh, man. That's all I got. Well, it's been another wonderful episode. We hope that you took away something from this. I know I did. Something. (laughs) I'm hungry. That's what I am. It's time for bed. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, stick around. Next week, I hope to go through all of the Google responses and hope to read some of the running stories with everybody and share all that. If you would like to be featured as well on the podcast, visit our website, find the blog posts, If you find us on Instagram, you'll see a link to our bio or a link to Linktree, and you'll see a run with us um, or slash podcast with us where you can offer your ideas, and we'd love to be able to share that. And also, if you have experience in any of the topics that we talk about and you would like to also talk to us about it, we would love to Skype with you. We'll do audio only so you don't have to worry about your face. I know Brooke is very particular about her because, appearance. Because, you know, Ken keeps wanting to live stream. And where's the fun? I can't sit here and do this in my pajamas anymore if we live stream. Well, I mean, we're all technically just in our underwear <laughs> underneath our clothing. So look at it however you will. But anyway, that'll about wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope to talk to you all very soon. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya.